0: Growing Up Sucks. Just ask Eric Lauber, father of 320-somethings and a college professor for decades. Eric helps young adults get smarter, richer, healthier, and
1: happier on the hashtag adulting podcast, Growing Up Sucks. Long-distance relationships, dating apps, and of course the power of communication all today on Growing Up Sucks. Hey, welcome to the podcast, guys. I've got Steve and Heather with me. Um... As usual, let's have you start off telling us a bit about yourself. So, Heather, why don't you go first?
2: Um, I'm Heather. I'm 23 years old, and I'm a senior studying journalism and public relations from a very small town, but I've since changed towns, and I'm very happy about it.
1: (laughs) Getting out of the small town sometimes. (laughs) At your age, that's pretty common right there. And you're in a long-term relationship with Steve. So, Steve, tell us about yourself.
0: Uh, hi, my name is Stephen Langdon. I am 22 years old. Had to think about it for a second. 22 years old. I am a journalism, public relations major and a communications ma- media major. And I am from a decent sized city. About 40,000 people live there. So whatever mm-hmm. decent is, like, it's about average.
1: Yeah, our New York City listeners laughed right about now.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But- for those of us who grew up in small towns, my town was 3,000, the town I grew up in. We didn't even have a McDonald's. We were that small. That, uh, you know, so 40,000 sounds big to me. So I understand how it goes. And, and not uncoincidentally, you two are, are in the relationship I was talking about. So that's, that's wonderful to get you on a talk about this today because it's difficult. It's always been difficult. Let me just be honest about that. It's always been difficult. But I think it's more difficult now, in my opinion, for two reasons. Pandemic, obviously. So we got to talk about that and dealing with that. But two, um, cell phones technology that wasn't around. Let me start with a little story. When I was in college, back in the Stone Age, we didn't have cell phones. So when we went to class and sat around, we talked to each other. Right. So that was nothing else to do. I mean, either that or crack open a book, and who wants to do that? So. We met each other in classes constantly. and We knew each other and we knew all about each other. I've been a professor for many years. Students come in and don't make a sound. They have their earbuds in. They don't talk to anybody in class. And when they leave, they don't talk to anybody. You know, it's it's unusual. So I'll let you guys pick either one of those two you wanna start with. So uh, Heather, let's go back to you. What do you think about all this today?
2: Um, I mean I've I've noticed a lot of technology based friendships and relationships. It's mainly now instead of hi, how are you? It's what's your username on this social media app so I can follow you. And it's, you know, I, I saw the picture you posted last night and then it's the end of the conversation. There's not really a lot of getting to know one another, so to speak.
1: Wow. I didn't understand that. So they just want your username so they can follow you but it's not about meeting you and talking to you in person yeah (laughs) what you're saying
0: like i would kind of consider myself a little bit old school in a way like i like conversing with people i like knowing people's stories now when i'm in class and it's nine o'clock in the morning i really don't want to talk to people and that plays a big factor in it and then you know of course with the pandemic going on talking to people is a little bit more difficult and i'm like trying to meet new people and everything is a lot more difficult but yeah i've noticed it's all about having that phone in your hand even when you're walking between classes when there isn't a pandemic going on it's all about what's on the phone what's on social media how many followers do you have that's a like that's like the new status symbol for some people how does having a
1: whole bunch of followers going to lead you into a dating relationship you're not dating 40,000 people simultaneously. Right. So <laughs> exactly. Are you thinking you're going to randomly pick one? I don't get it. I just don't get
0: yeah, it. And like, I know some people will like play, not like play games with people, but like they'll be talking to a couple different people at the same time. And, and we'll, there'll never be like a dating right now is like, it's not interpersonal. It's usually over the phone. It's usually, through dating apps, really, like Mm -hmm. dating apps is the new, like, way of communicating and finding loved ones.
1: Heather, you agree? Dating apps? I I do.
2: I mean, I've never used a dating app. I think they're unsafe. I don't trust them at all. But Mm -hmm. I have a lot of friends who have dating apps. And even if they're in a relationship, they still have the dating app on their phone, which throws me like into a big whole confusion, because it makes no sense. But I, I know a lot of friends who use them and it it's so not that, safe to me.
1: Okay, so not safe, I understand, right? And, and it's probably women are feel that stronger than men. And I have two boys and a girl that are roughly your age, 24, 26, 27. So one uses dating apps and the other two don't as far as I know. But uh, this whole thing like I'm in a relationship and I still swipe on the dating app, that... That seems weird. I mean, in the old days, it'd mean, like me going out to the bar and scoping out women, even though I'm in a relationship right now, like not supposed to do that. That's what I feel like.
0: And that's like kind of crazy thing is that Heather and I didn't really use a dating app. We kind of met through the workplace and that's kind of like how we started talking. And then mm-hmm. one thing just led to another and we're like, Hey, let's you know give it a try as a relationship. And now we're over a year together, so I mean, you don't need to meet people online to find that kind of good, long-lasting relationship.
1: And so since it's over a year, you met before the pandemic, right? Yes.
0: Yes, we met last, well, we started dating last February. We knew each other a year prior to that. Right, so you knew each other. Officially, yeah, we started dating, what was that, maybe a month before the pandemic really took off. Yeah.
1: Let me mention to you that 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 would be the preferred method, I think, for everyone. But it's it actually works out really well to meet people informally in a non-dating relationship. Like I met my wife in grad school. We were students together and we were in classes together at least twice before we thought of dating. And, and likewise, you met each other a year before you started dating. It really gives you a chance just to know the person and gain confidence and trust in who they are and then maybe get attracted to them over some time and go, maybe I'd like to take this person out. I think this dating app situation I looked up a stat, by the way 30.4 million dating app users in 2009,, 19, 2019 I bet it went up into 2020. Yeah. Oh yeah. And probably again in 2021. How do you meet somebody and know it's a date on the first try? Now, there were blind dates. there were setups when I was growing up, but that wasn't the primary way of meeting people. So if you can, it's cooler to just meet people and then decide later if this is going to be a date. But you know, that's not possible now. We're in a pandemic. Right? So you can't meet people.
0: And it seems as though like online dating, what I've noticed just by conversing with friends and everything, it's one of those things that you'll talk to them for maybe a few days on the app and then they're like, Hey, maybe we should go out for a meal to kind of get to know each other a little bit better or mm. to like meet each other in person and everything. And dating apps work. I mean, they do. I, have a fr- I have a friend that is getting uh, married to a person that he met through a da- uh, dating app. So it's not as though it doesn't work. And they've been, a long, they've been around for a long time. It's not oh. as though dating apps are brand new. Because even oh, my yeah. dad and my stepmom who started dating in, I think it was like 2000. Yeah, like 2000. They met, made, uh, met on AOL like their d- little dating website they had on AOL. So oh. it's not as though it doesn't work.
1: We have to explain those initials to a lot of the listeners because <laughs> America Online doesn't exist anymore. That was <laughs> AOL. Oh, yeah. I have friends that have met 18, 19 years ago on a dating app and got married and still married. They're very happily mm-hmm. married. I mean, it does work. And I mean, it wouldn't be around if it didn't work. But what you're, what you seem to be describing for me, though, is when – you know, you're meeting someone through a dating app. It isn't exactly like a blind date. It's more of a, Hey, let's greet each other. Let's, we know we're going to lower the expectations on these first few occasions. Right.
2: I know my one friend, she's like heavily into doing the dating app way of finding somebody. And she's currently like talking to maybe three or four people, (laughs) but um from what she's shown me like the profile is very detailed like it has your full name it doesn't have like your address or any like very intimate details but it has your likes your dislikes you know the whole biography so to speak of what someone likes so you can find that common ground to talk about things on right but it's still like they can still lie on it yeah. in a way like it's not there's no way to know until you start talking to that person
1: yeah one of my boys doesn't do it and i think that's what's his nervous about i don't think he's afraid but i think he's like i don't know that they're telling me the truth and i don't want to it's go almost, through that
0: and it's almost like it's almost like applying for a job with these dating apps it's it's really weird in that you know you're putting your name out it's almost like making a resume for someone to look at and say, Hey, I like this person or, Hey, I don't like this person. So they swipe either way. But yeah, it's like that resume type thing. And I mean, like I said, it works for people. And I know, especially during this pandemic, you know, you can probably meet a lot of people through those dating apps.
1: Meet, meet as in a sense, you're going to communicate through the dating
0: as in you're going to communicate. And maybe if, you're really into that person, mm-hmm. then maybe you try it out on a date.
1: i tell you, it's hard to be coy when you're on a dating app, right? <laughs> like, Well, my wife made it clear she wasn't making any effort to date me, which is why I had to chase her down and ask her multiple times. She was good at being coy. I don't see how you can do that. Like I'm interested in you, but at the same time, I'm not interested in you. I mean, that would be <laughs>
0: kind like, of weird. With Heather and I's relationship, like I knew that she liked me, but at the time I was actually with someone else. So it was like, I kind of felt bad because I still wanted that like friendship, but I also had to like set limits on like what I could do and what I can't do. And then when my girlfriend at the time broke up with me, it was one of those things that, you know heather was there for me and like she was all you know lovey-dovey and everything like that i'm like i i can't not give her a chance
1: (laughs) you know what same story my wife was in a long-term relationship at the time i met her and when they broke up i like swooped in (laughs) if that's the right word so this brings up another point though. Everybody's different and everybody has different kinds of relationships and they evolve. I've been married 29 years. We've been together probably 31, 32. I remember in the beginning, I had to be a little bit uh, careful because I didn't want to, she felt like I was smothering her, right? I'm one of those affectionate kind of guys. I'm one spend a lot of time with you, you know, and I remember having to hold back because she just got out of a five-year relationship and and she didn't like that. And I, I kind of want to get into this just a little bit. I don't want people to pretend there's somebody they're not. I don't want them to fake who they are, but there is an adaptation that has to occur when you're in a long-term relationship or really any relationship, right? There is a, okay, that, that part of me, they don't like, let me suppress that a little bit, right? Or at least not throw it in their face constantly. That's, perfectly okay i think that's not i think there's a point where you're lying and you're deceiving and that's not good but but for me to kind of hold back on some of the sending her cards and showing up at her door and you know nowadays they'd probably call me a stalker um because i liked her that much i just want to be with her you know that obviously worked out i didn't do anything wrong I did anything bad but that's that kind of stuff is complicated and when you're young you haven't done much of it yet You you don't really know what parts of it you're good or bad at. You're going to make mistakes. I'll just be honest. You're going to make mistakes. Have you guys had any breakups? No. Uh,
0: Now I have. I've uh, What actually happened. Not not with
1: Heather, though. With someone
0: else. No, yeah. With someone else. It was like they broke up with me, but it was kind of one of those crazy situations where we dated in high school and things just kind of went south because we were in sports all the time. So like we were focusing on sports and like, we didn't really have a lot of time for each other. So we're like, yeah, it really isn't working out the best. Mm. Um, and then in college one day she texted me over the summers like, Hey, like, how are you doing? And everything like that, just like out of the blue. And I'm like, this seems odd. And like, we started talking and it seemed as though, like everyone goes through that process between high school and college where they kind of change not like completely change but like they mature i guess is the the proper word mm-hmm. and it seemed as though we were getting back into like liking each other so we started dating again and then again things kind of went down south and because uh, we were doing long distance relationships it was a long distance relationship and that was a huge thing that i'm like i'm kind of like you like i like to be like by that person all the time like talking to them and everything like that and to have to just be talking like over the phone and everything like that it just it didn't feel right and i knew it was going down south but i really didn't know how to break it off and i'm sure we'll get into that in a little bit but like i just I couldn't let go. And then when she just said, it's done, Mm -hmm. like I said, Heather was right there with me. And I mean, as far as like how we are, uh, how our dynamic is, we're kind of like the same person as far as like how much we want to show affection and everything like that. So that kind of really helps.
1: Yeah. Finding someone who matches you, Uh, you know, I won't go into this today because it's a much longer conversation, but you have to read this thing called the five love languages. I recommend it for all couples. Heather, you're shaking your head. Are you familiar with this?
2: I've heard of it and I found it in a bookstore one time and like thumbed through it, but I never bought it. And it's, it's kind of been sitting in my head ever since for some reason, but.
1: I recommend it. I, re- I recommend it to all my kids. And when I read it, it made my wife and my relationship so much better. But let's save that for a different day. You know, I want to talk about communication for just a bit here. You talked about phone calls and long distance relationships. Let me go back to the first few dates because maybe some listeners out there are still trying to find that person. I have some tips. One, make sure they talk 51% of the time. (laughs) That's the goal. My dad was an excellent salesman and when I observed him meet people, it was amazing how much he could get them to talk. And that's really a key for people to like you. If you talk 75% of the time, They're not sharing much. I don't know why it is, but people like you if you listen to them. So obviously 90-10 is not what you want, right? You got to share too. But but 51-49, maybe even 60-40, that's cool. And what are you going to talk about? Steve, you said it's difficult for people today to know what to talk about because they're used to having their phones. Let them, you know, once a topic comes up, you got to ask follow-up questions, right? Open-ended follow-up questions. Well, how did you... How did that make you feel like why why did that happen why do you think that happened or what happened after that you know not yes or no questions and that when people get a chance to just start talking and sharing familiarity breeds like and we've known that for a long time so that's my first tip of advice you guys go what's some advice for people who are new at dating somebody else
2: um I mean, one bit would be, like you said, to listen, but also don't be afraid to share bits of yourself as well. I was, before Steve and I started talking, I was very quiet and kept to myself and I didn't really want to share any information about me but a little bit into when we first started talking, he was able to get some stories out of me. And ever since then, I don't think he's been able to shut me up,
1: but <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That's <laughs> No, that's, I actually want to follow up on that. That's true. Don't be afraid to share a little earlier than you think because that, that builds trust and the coin of the realm is trust in all human relationships, business, personal, it doesn't matter. It's really about trust. Can I trust that person to not stab me in the back, to not undercut me, to just be a regular human, right? You can have a bad day, you can throw a fit, but you're not out to get me and you're not going to go that way. I brought up breakups, by the way, because I want to throw some advice out there. And not all my kids do this perfectly, which I want to talk, I always talk to them about. If there is a breakup, don't throw the other person under the bus on social media. (laughs) Don't attack you just like that person last week. (laughs) They didn't change into the devil just because now you're having a painful breakup with them. You don't need to go out there and just run them into the ground. That's, don't do that. It's not necessary. You you hold your tongue, go to somebody quietly and privately and complain and share. But that's my opinion. I don't know, what do you guys think?
0: And it's it's okay to be frustrated with how far down, like how it just, it's over. It it's very frustrating. It's very sad. I know. I mean, Heller can even tell you this, like I was in tears. Like I don't cry that often. And I was in tears for days <laughs> because I just didn't know what to do with myself. I just, it's very difficult to get over someone that you really care about and everything along those lines. But the best thing to do is kind of just let go. and yeah.
1: And that takes time. That's not an immediate yeah. process. That takes time.
0: And, and, you know, you might have stuff like dreams and everything about that person that you were in a relationship with, but kind of think of it as kind of letting go, you know, those kind of things just, and maybe even your form of letting go is deleting them off social media. Mm -hmm. You know, that that's a big thing or don't like, I think the biggest thing too, is don't look at pictures or like, don't think back at, a lot of events that you did with each other. That's because that's only gonna make it worse. The yeah. best thing to I you, you hate to say it, but sometimes the best thing to do is just delete all the photos that you have of that person. Or hide them. Because or hide them, yes.
1: Put them away for a while. Because I'll tell you what, my wife and I broke up at least three times. I mean, I thought we were done breakups. And I've watched uh my my daughter's in a long-term relationship right now, and they had one of those. And done, done, over. And then sometimes you get back together. Like I remember one of them took a month and then one of us broke the ice and we got coffee and yep, it was like three days later we were back to being together again. <laughs> you know, so I want to say that can happen. I don't count on it, obviously. Someone breaks up with you it's like, and they say it's done. I would believe them it's done, but it may not be done. <laughs> and that's some just- something
2: my mom always told me too was that like if you guys start as friends and then you break up try to maintain that friendship even just a little bit don't be cruel towards them don't be you know mean towards them just try to maintain a little bit of that friendship because you do have a bond with that person obviously if you were in a relationship but like Steve and I we were friends very good friends first before we started dating
1: yeah and Everybody out there would want that. They would want that first. It may not happen during a pandemic and it may not happen with dating apps, but that would be ideal. And I had that with my wife too. But breakups, breakups sometimes just happen. And in a breakup, sometimes things get said that can't be said any other way, but still need to be said. My wife taught me this because I didn't get to observe that. Most people know how to have an argument with a spouse by watching their parents. And then you only get two choices. Did you know there's like a 300 million choices? <laughs> there are lots of different ways to have arguments. And my wife taught me other ways that were productive, unlike the ones that I observed. And so she was like, you know, we're gonna say things right now that, we, that are gonna hurt, right? That we've been trying to say maybe for a while. And, and this is what a fight, this is what happens in a fight. And I thought, well, after our first fight, like we're done this is, this is the end. It's like, no, she was still there tomorrow. I'm like, what? You're coming back? We had an argument. Yeah. Yeah. We had an argument. You can have arguments. So what we have to work towards is assertive communication where you respect other people's rights and needs and wants, but you say that you say your own needs and wants and, and thoughts as well, your own opinions.
0: Communication is the most important thing in a relationship. My dad taught me that at a young age that if you're gonna find someone that you really like, just communicate with them because the more upfront you are, the better it's gonna be later. You know, it's okay to move fast in a relationship as long as each of you, you know, set your boundaries on what you can and can't do, and, and that's the thing. It's and the boundaries and what your intentions are are always changing, and, and that's the most important thing also in a relationship. Just because your relationship is okay now doesn't mean that it's going to be okay in five months. But it's how you work through it, and at the end of the day, you're a team. Whether you like to admit it or not, you're well, but as a couple, you're a team.
1: Well, that but that grows. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't want to put undue expectations and burdens on couples who've been dating for two months, right? the team that my wife and I are now 31 years and raising three kids is a whole different level of team than the first few months we dated. Let's Mm -hmm. just be quite honest about that. But you're right about communication, but it's also okay to change your mind. I think that's an important point that sometimes young folks don't think through or aren't aware that it's okay to say, I've changed my mind. (laughs) And to communicate that because once they feel like once they've said something or agreed to something that's written in stone. No, 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 it's okay to change your mind. Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I think that's the biggest thing that's really helped Heather and I, especially because we didn't see each other for seven months. It's not as though we saw each other every day. It's not as though it, this pandemic changed our relationship. And I honestly think that we were better for it because we were able to learn how to communicate properly. It wasn't going to be in person for five hours a day that we were talking with each other Mm -hmm. it might have only been for an hour or two a day that we were actually able to talk to each other over the phone or anything like that so communication in that regard i i think heather and i really improved upon the most and heather
1: your thoughts on this heather
2: I I agree with him it was I mean we had just started dating when the pandemic really hit and I think we got to spend the first four or five months together but we didn't really have you know we had like maybe one or two days a week where we had time to actually be together by ourselves and get to know each other better but even like in the beginning of a relationship that's not enough time because you're you're in that like newlywed stage where the other person is you know the your center of focus and the thing that you're most focused on is that person and then the pandemic hit and school went all online so he went back home and I stayed here and it was it was rough because it wasn't like half an hour away where one of us could go and visit it was you know three and a half hours where if he had come, he did come for a weekend to visit, but it was hard that Sunday when he left because I was like, it was something was missing again. My better half wasn't here with me, you know? Yeah. Um, but we got, we did like, we talked on the phone, we Zoomed, we texted, we did Snapchat, you know, we did all of that, but it was still. It taught us how to communicate non-verbally. Like we were able to pick up, I think, on each other's different cues that we wouldn't have picked up on if we had been solely in person. And like now I can tell when he's tired just from how he's texting. <laughs> and I think he can tell when I'm annoyed just from how I'm texting. Like we were able to pick up on those little things that I don't think we would have ever picked up on had we not had that seven months, those seven months apart.
1: You know, a I, I, quick story. Same thing happened to me, but not by a pandemic. When we started dating, shortly after that, I moved to a different college that was an hour away. And so we only saw each other on the weekends. And then after roughly a year, she moved in the other direction for two hours. So the next year, we were three hours apart. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we only saw each other on the weekends or, or not even. And we were on the phone every night. Because back then, you had to have a planned meeting time. We didn't have cell phones. Like, I'm going to call you at 10. All right, I'll be by the phone. And we talked. I mean, we'd sometimes talk an hour. And we learned to use our words to communicate all kinds of things. I, I recommend that. I, rec- I don't recommend moving away from the person that's your, your soulmate. No, that, that was really tough. I didn't like that at all. I do recommend that quiet time when there's no distractions and you learn to talk. And you have to fill the airtime. But by filling the airtime, you learn so much more than you could have learned in the first five minutes, right? By having to fill that airtime, we got into things that I don't think we would have ever talked about if we'd have been together. And we really learned to communicate. And like you said, I pick up on the little subtle pauses, <laughs> the little change of words that I, she would normally say it this way, but she said it that way. That, that's a clue. 31 years in, I mean, she reads me and I think, I hope I read her so, so easily. It's not even funny. Yeah, that's, communication is, is key. I, but I want to layer something onto that, Steve, because I do agree, that's that's key to the process, to the function. But the intent, i had this thought a long time ago, and I don't think I've ever shared it out loud. I think people stay in relationships when you help them feel good. And I don't mean by feel good, like you shower them with gifts. I think, when you help them feel good about themselves, right? So, you know, my wife's a fantastic executive. And she does everything well. Just a little comment from he, me here or there, a reminder to her when she's, her confidence is in doubt. You're, you're really good. You're really good at all this stuff. I think is why she's going to stay with me. It's not for my good looks. So, I... I don't know. That might be, she might disagree. She gets, she, she's not allowed on the don't
0: podcast. Worry. Don't worry. I say the same thing. I always say to Heather, I'm like, Heather, I'm, I'm like the ugliest person in the world. Why would you ever date me?
1: <laughs> no. But I yell
2: at him for it. <laughs>
1: good for you, Heather. Don't let people feel that way. But that, but that gets into it. Everybody's got some insecurities, something, something they're not really, really confident on. If you help the person there, why wouldn't they want to be with you? Like you, you make me feel good about myself, particularly in the ways that I don't feel good about myself. I, I don't know. Take it for what it's worth. I think that's part of what I'm trying to say.
0: No, I completely understand because it's stuff like just for example, today, an example was I was, I'm in the process of looking for internships right now. And I'm like, Heather, like, I just, I don't want to go through this process. Like I just want an actual job. I don't want to look for internships. And she's like, someone's going to look at your resume and think, wow, like that's really good. I'm like, I know, but at the same time, it's like, no one's responding. And I don't know if they're looking at my application and everything like that. She's like, but she tries to calm me down and stuff like that. Or for example, when we're having a rough day at work and I can see it in Heather's eyes, she's just frustrated. She's not, like about to cry or anything but you can just see the frustration on her face and it's as simple as saying heather you're so beautiful today and she'll <laughs> just she, yeah she's smiling out but like it's simple stuff like that that really- all right so
1: heather you get to embarrass him what does he do <laughs> what's your side of this quote uh, there- i
2: i agree with him like the first time um when we started uh, dating and we were, at, we were at work together, I could just tell by his face and how quiet he was that it was just a bad night. He was just not, and nothing was going the way that it should on his end. Like on my end, everything was going smoothly and I was like, oh, we can leave early. And I went to him and his face was just down and dark and he was just frustrated with everything that was going on. And all I did was put my hands on his shoulders and he instantly got calm. And it shocked me because I don't think I've ever had that effect that I know of on anybody. Mm -hmm. And then he like, he was like, oh, and he got an idea. And then the rest of the night went smoothly. And I was like, okay, that's, that's something I'm not used to is calming somebody down. And then like the other night at the same job, I was upset because something wasn't fitting and I tried every which way and I just couldn't get it to go. And he came in and he gave me a kiss on the cheek and he was like, you're so beautiful. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> I'm not in the mood. And I was like, no. And he like, he did leave because he knows like when something's upsetting me, there are times where I just want left alone to figure it out and getting help from an outsider like him or like somebody else, it just makes me more upset and more frustrated. And he knew, like, just walk away. And then like 20 minutes later, I was like, oh, I know how to fix it. And I was all excited about it. And it's like, it's, it's the fact that we can calm each other down when we need to, but we can also lift each other up when we need to. Like, he was the like I tell him all the time like you're so handsome like that's what I tell him (laughs) and he gets like this grin he has it now he gets like this grin and it's like it's one of those just giving the simple comment or just saying like you know whatever you're doing you're doing it well like today I told him he's one of the hardest workers I know like he's very determined he's hardworking at everything and he
1: was like, mm. I was like, don't give me that. Don't give me that. Mm. You no, know, that's a great, we're going to run out of time. Cause I wanted to keep hearing these stories. I want to hear your advice. You're doing a fantastic job. Let me wrap this up a little bit. I, I'm 56 and I know a lot about how I interact with people. But when I was 20, 21, 22, I was still learning. I was doing things that I thought I should do in a relationship and fortunately my wife's assertive enough to let me know when she didn't like it. Right. She, she and, and that would inform my behavior and vice versa. I'm sure. Like you got to say that kind of stuff. And then you got to forgive and go, look, you did that because you thought you should have done that, but I, I didn't really like that. That's not what I want from you right now. Like I'm a problem solver. So she'd bring problems home. And I like, let me go kick that boy's ass or something. I don't know. I'd, let me solve the problem. And she goes, I don't want that right now. I just want you to listen. It was really hard for me to do that. (laughs) Just learn to listen, but whatever it is, when you're dating and you're young, the other person is not an expert at dating any more than you are. They're going to make some early mistakes. And then you just tell them maybe the next day, Hey, you know, when you said that last night, this is how it made me feel. I just want to share for next time. That's, that's a really good advice I think right there
2: there was um i think it was either our 7th or 8th month and i like that morning i texted him i think happy 7th month or something and the whole day i was waiting for it back and i never got it back and i was like i spent the whole day like i wasn't that upset about it it was just like
1: you expected it
2: okay yeah <laughs> i was a little like i was a little ticked off i not not so much mad just a little disappointed and then it took me the whole day to finally like go to him because I'm I'm not the greatest when I, at communicating my feelings sometimes, no. especially when they're negative. Like I, no. he has to sometimes pull it out of me in order for me to get to say something. But I, he was like, something's been bugging you, and I think it took a solid hour for me to finally say, you didn't say it back, <laughs> and that's when he like explained like in the grand scheme of things seven months isn't that long. Like we're, we plan on going for a long time. So there's really nothing. i like, okay. Mm-hmm. I see why now I understand now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It had to be talked out though. It had to be communicated. D- don't All do right, what Steve. I- you, do, you get one more comment, Steve. Yeah,
0: don't do what I did. And uh, I still don't know what day we officially started dating. I know <laughs> roughly within like the three day period, but I think it's like, I, I, I think it's the third of February, but I'm still not completely sure.
1: let all right, sit down and work out some dates. You know what your anniversary <laughs> is. You just can't just kind of leave it amorphous. It's just that week. I don't know what year <laughs> it was. All right, guys, we got to wrap up. We're past our time. But thank you so much for talking this out with me. This has been really helpful, I think, for myself to learn about dating in the 2021s. And also, I think, for our listeners. Thanks a lot.
0: Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Growing Up Sucks podcast with Eric Lover.